0: You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL Podcast. My name is Oz Davis. I am the co host of the show. And no surprise, as always, our co host is Joe Pritcher. Joe. How is it going today?
1: Ah, oh, we're just, we're hitting that lull in the season between the Labor Day and the and the rematch weekend and the beginning of the playoffs, where it's either it's either intense and there's a lot of great playoff races, or like this year there's like one more thing to decide. Well, two more things to decide, really. One being who wins the West, which is rather important and two who is the sixth seed which is less likely to be important but i mean it's the CFL who knows <laughs>
0: um yeah and i guess i guess the riders could completely blow up they could completely implode and lose it but yeah i uh i was thinking this right after the the hamilton game because of course montreal clinched the playoff spot when they won now that they're above 500 again and then Hamilton not only clinched, but as the game was closing out, one of the TSN guys remarked that there will be no crossover. So uh I was I was actually kind of surprised by that. So I guess Ottawa can't catch Saskatchewan right at this point, because the best they could do is seven and eleven, and the worst Saskatchewan could do is seven and eleven. Is that correct?
1: Nope, six and twelve. I mean, it would take, I think, I think I saw it earlier. I don't know exactly how this works out, but I think they would need like eight games to go their way to make it work. (laughs) The three of their own, the three of Saskatchewan, and then Calgary and Edmonton have to lose enough so that they don't catch up.
0: Right, which would be weird because Winnipeg still uh, and Winnipeg
1: Saskatchewan plays Calgary, so right. Calgary would have to beat Saskatchewan, but not win any other. Well, maybe right. win one other, but not two, and that right. sort of thing. So
0: then we could still get that East crossover.
1: <laughs> it, yeah, it would take it would take a lot of weird stuff. The weirdest of them all would be Ottawa winning.
0: <laughs> it seems like it after last week. Uh, okay, Joe and I are gonna get into. What the hell are we going to do the rest of this CFL season? Four more weeks of, um, I wouldn't say nothing games, but uh, the really, really meaningful games are almost all over here. We got got one good one this week. But uh, before we get into it, we just wanted to say that uh, we're recording this on Sunday night. So that's October the 1st, Sunday night. And read about an hour before we came on that Saskatchewan Roughriders legend George Reed had passed away at the age of just shy of 84 years old. Um, We're not going to get too deep in the weeds with this one because there's not too many details out. And uh, Joe actually made the suggestion that uh, your best bet to get the George Reed story this week will probably be on the Piffles podcast, part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Um, do you happen to know their URL, their their homepage, Joe?
1: Mm, not off the top of my head, no. Okay, but so, just search for Piffles Podcast yeah, on any podcast where you'll find them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same old deal. Wherever you get your quality podcasts, you can find the Piffles and podcast.
1: ours too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can find the Piffles Podcast. but uh, as we say, RIP George Reed um legendary running back for the CFL Hall of Fame running back in the CFL um member of the 1966 Riders Grey Cup champs um but on to the football um okay so like we've already groused about a little bit uh things are wrapping up in the CFL with still four more weeks of games left to play um what pretty interesting slate of games this week I thought. I I had I had fun with this week's games uh to some extent. Although not much no lead is safe this week with the exception of possibly your Winnipeg Blue Bombers who won their game against the Toronto Argonauts in what was we thought might be a uh, classic however toronto didn't even start um their they didn't even start chad kelly their starting quarterback the prospective mop of the league and instead held off winnipeg until about three minutes left in the fourth quarter um i was watching this game and i was struck by how tight the bombers fans were during this whole game I got the feeling that they were afraid of losing this one. How were you doing during this game, Joe? Edge of your seat, or did you have confidence? I wasn't
1: loving it, Uh but I also (laughs) knew Toronto wasn't playing play out to win outright. They weren't throwing everything they could. If they were, it's a whole different story because Toronto. There's Toronto. There's a gap between toronto and bc and winnipeg a gap between them and the rest of the league too but they're the best team in the league they were running half of their you know a little bit more than half of their first team you know they they sat guys with injuries that may not have been sitting otherwise they sat chad keller entirely aj olett was out about half time. halftime yep. and they even put cameron dukes on the bench after he had a fantastic three quarters to see what <laughs> brian scott could do they were clearly treating this like a preseason game they were true yep. they're treating this like let's get some reps let's yep. show people what they could do and i think they made a statement by giving winnipeg as much trouble as they did yeah uh just showing off the level of depth they have right right showing off that they're not afraid of anybody in any circumstances. I mean, they went into Winnipeg, and for three quarters, were the better team, without without sending their best. Mm-hmm. If they do that, if they're if it's a different scenario and they send their best, there's no way Winnipeg wins that game. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, this is definitely the takeaway from this game. Is just that wow. Okay, this team is stacked from one to forty eight. Or whatever whatever the roster size is in the CFL these days. These these guys have players at every position. They have the bench. They have the special teams to compete. Um despite injuries. So jeez. I mean, looking at this game, I don't know how you cannot assume Toronto is the favorite to win the Great Cup again this year. Um, they're definitely gonna be the odds on favorite at the sports books once the new odds come out after the weekend. Um Okay, so any level of concern—I mean, it's tough to tough to ask this about a team that scored thirty-one points and ended up winning the game in the fourth quarter. But any concern about Winnipeg, especially after seeing how nice the offense looked in BC thirty-five, Saskatchewan twenty-six.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I do have some concerns. I clearly whoever faces Toronto in the Grey Cup. Assuming Toronto doesn't lay an egg in these final, because that's what it would take. <laughs> um, anybody facing Toronto in the Grey Cup is going to be the underdog. The positive I saw for Winnipeg in this is that they moved the ball pretty much at will. It wasn't the number, the the top, the best defense Toronto could put out there, but and Toronto game plan very well too. They yes. took away the deep ball, but Winnipeg. Move the ball the entire game they just struggled to finish between the first drive of the game and the, and late in the game they struggled to turn the long drives into touchdowns and they needed to make long drives because winnipeg special teams this year uh lacks the special mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i was i was mostly concerned i mean you gotta like the winnipeg offense scoring 31 points but i was pretty concerned with the fact that okay a the Bombers were giving up everything over the middle. I mean, Dukes had that all day, just that open uh, mid-range um, passes over the center. And uh, Dukes also wasn't tested very often. Zero interceptions, zero sacks. Um, on the way to, you know, a respectable stat line, 17 of 24 passing for 231 yards and a touchdown. So, yeah, you know, I was kind of worried about that, the, the lack of pressure on defense at all out of Winnipeg here. But...
1: And that tends to happen. There's games where the Winnipeg defensive line is dominant, and you just sit there going, who's going to score on this team? And then there's games where... And especially without Jackson Jeffcoat. When Jackson Jeffcoat isn't in the lineup, it's a different defensive line. Because so, at that point, you could spend your entire focus on Willie Jefferson and just say, I've let the other three guys, hey, can you beat us? I don't think so. Here, let's put two, three guys on Willie, and that's that. But even some weeks when they're at full strength, it's just a struggle to get going. Once they get going, look out. And there's teams like that in this league, like BC. That's like their whole mo. That's how BC rolls. If they get going, nobody's better than them. Mm -hmm. But if they don't, it's like the ceiling and the floor are so separate. Are there's so much distance between the ceiling and the floor on both of those fronts?
0: Yeah, BC Lions played a pretty bizarre game as well against Saskatchewan. Um, On the face of it, it felt like by the time that third quarter was over, uh, you had seen the third quarter, it felt like this game wasn't anywhere near as close as the final score indicates. However, the Riders kept it really close in the first half. Very strange things going on. BC, um, Vernon Adams was basically in the shotgun the entire game on the other hand the riders had no running game whatsoever i got the stats here jake Dolagawa, 46 attempts plus three sacks and two busted plays that he had to run on so that's 51 dropbacks here in a game where again the riders were within a point or three for most of that first half so some very strange things happening here. Um, I felt like the only thing that kept things close were the inability of BC to convert on second down, especially in that first quarter. Um, They were only 11 of 21 on the game, including just three of eight um, on their first eight attempts in the first quarter and one in the second quarter. So yeah, once they got going, like you said, once they got going, things were fine. Um this to me looks like an explosive offense. I couldn't help thinking that um we have BC Winnipeg, I believe, next week. Yes, and, we and do. Then yeah, Winnipeg at BC even. And then after that, we're we've you've got to figure we're destined to see these guys in the West final in one combination or another, either at BC or at Winnipeg, but I don't know. I get, I got the feeling that BC is the team now on the road to the Great Cup out of the West,
1: and it could very well be because ever since the Banjo Bowl, there's been it feels right. like the Bombers have slipped into second gear, mm-hmm. and BC's found that again because they were the ones throughout August that were losing games to Saskatchewan to Hamilton. Well. That's what Winnipeg did in September. They're even up. They get they they have a game this next week that's gonna be the winners gonna have the tiebreaker. Hmm. And at that point, their magic numbers won because both teams have buys in the last three weeks. So they only have right. two games left after next week. So right. Next week is yeah. for the West, unless something really screwy happens.
0: <laughs> More or less. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean it's it sounds funny to say that uh that uh, Winnipeg has shut down. But after that 51 point game against the Saskatchewan, they've scored 23 by 20, uh, 31 this past week against, you know, one and a half string Toronto this week, let's say. So, um, not exactly shutting down the offense, but not the point machine and certainly not the shutdown defense. Uh,
1: no, and, and putting and putting two losses on the board against teams with six six seven wins this year, it isn't hasn't been in their playbook since 2019. So it's a little bit of a weird feeling to be sitting here as a Bomber fan, going, "Oh yeah, that's what that that's what that used to feel like." That doesn't feel good at all.
0: <laughs> all right, uh, the what was it? The right uh, things are getting fuzzy here. No, the Saturday game. Saturday game was. Uh, Montreal Alouettes 32 Ottawa Blacks 15. I got to say, this might have been my favorite game of the year. Um for
1: Gee, no wonder.
0: Yeah, so for I mean, for Americans um who don't get to watch much see C- many CFL games. I kind of hope you saw this one. Uh it wasn't very suspenseful, but we had a lot of like awesome Canadian football play in this game. Um the classic Antwi, play by Antwi, what was that, the second quarter? So on second down and long to go, he gets the pass behind the line, approaches the line, no one's anywhere near him, and he sort of dribble-punts the ball forward a yard and then falls on it to reset first down. What a play. (laughs) It's just like, even in Ottawa, the fans were stunned. Uh, not exactly sure what had just happened, but what had happened was is just Sean, aren't we? It's gotten his team a bonus first down. So awesome heads up play by the Alouettes. And then of course, in the second half, um, well, I didn't like so much the two missed field goals in the second quarter, but uh, the, uh, but in the second half defense takes over. Uh DeCroix gets the 109 yard interception return. Um, and then, uh, Sean Lemon, Sean Lemon gets the fumble recovery for the touchdown. We also had, um, Oh yeah. That, and that was based on the, the crumb fumble who a couple of plays before that had bounced a pass off the, uh, uprights. So it was, it was a nice Show of CFL football in this one, even though, like I say, it wasn't very uh, suspenseful. The Alouettes pitched a shutout in the first half, and Montreal did what Montreal has done this season, which is take care of business against everybody except for the top three teams.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Um, and I'm just sitting here thinking about that onside punt because Antwi tried that a few weeks ago too. <clears throat> right? It didn't. It wasn't able to pull it off. Right. But wouldn't that be a signal to you as an uh, as the uh, Ottawa defense coordinator or defense coordinators around the league that's like, hey, they might try this again. Maybe if he's in the flat, maybe we should have somebody cover him instead of just dropping into straight zone.
0: Right. Right. That was that was the only way he got away with that because he had so much space. It was yeah. like you could see him. He looked up and he was like, Wait a minute, <laughs> I can do this again. <laughs> so he pulled that off but like the display of defense here um and it really struck me to that uh especially after looking at hamilton 22 calgary 15 which is how he closed out the week that whereas hamilton is the sort of team that's waiting for the other side to make a mistake montreal was able to overcome their own mistakes because whoa they had some some bad mistakes in this game uh they were quite lucky that a couple of these passes weren't picked off by Ottawa, but, um, you know, I, I was, I was happy with our team, with my team, the Alouettes, um, you know, just not losing cool, keeping the head in the game. And again, you know, taking care of business against the sub 500 team.
1: And the apathy is back in Ottawa too. <laughs> they, they were about this stage last year. This is about right around when they would, we're firing Paul Lopolis. Mm-hmm. Bob Dice comes in. A couple of wins later. Everybody's excited about this year. They start off decently this year. And then.
0: And then, yep, yeah, wheels come off. Um, Yeah, I thought that I, I, I noticed that there must have been at least half Montreal fans at this game. I mean, uh, the outs are well only a three hour
1: track. So that works out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we were well represented in the crowd for this one. Okay, and finally, we capped it off with whew, Hamilton Tiger gets 22 Calgary Stampeders 15. I mean, wow. Uh, Calgary has not so much enjoyed, I don't know what you would say, has gone through a long, strange trip to the bottom this season. And in this game, just bottoming out, their entire scoring production is reduced to five field goals by Rene Um Couldn't, you know, weren't getting off the long ball at all. Reggie Bagleton took a hit from, uh, from, oh, Stavros Katsanitis, right? And uh, in the, in the first quarter left the game that destroyed my fantasy team's hopes. If I had any in the, Canadian Football League playoffs uh in our uh, Canadian football podcast League fantasy football playoffs um that really took me out my team was terrible this week and I wanted to say this too as an aside joke I I apologize for making the fantasy football playoffs at your expense uh in the Canadian football podcast League Joe finished in ninth. I finished in eighth, and I think I even won a tiebreaker with you for that final playoff spot, only to be destroyed by Cooper. Uh, I'm sure the results aren't in yet, but I'm sure that I was destroyed. So
1: it would have probably just been me getting destroyed this week anyway. So, what's the (laughs) difference?
0: Right. (laughs) So, I apologize for that. At least, at least we ended up with uh, 500 records. So, I guess we were the Hamilton Tiger Cats of this league this year. Um,
1: Hey. We get our participation trophies. We'll take them.
0: In any case, on a scale... The show
1: made the playoffs. It's all good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, 8-9 was respectable. I mean, 8th place for me was respectable considering how well, quote-unquote, I did last year. I think I came in second to last in this league last year, so I was happy to put up anything this year. Um, On a scale of 1 to 10, how scared am I, uh, as an Alouettes fan, of Hamilton either catching us for second place in the East or beating us in that Eastern playoff game. About, what am I, about a negative three?
1: I would say a three. <laughs> okay. I mean, you, you you disrespect Hamilton at your own peril, as our friend Coach Phil found out.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Calgary wasn't putting up much of a fight in this game.
1: Yeah, no, um, that's also true. His timing might have been better on that.
0: Well, again, Montreal is competent enough to beat these teams, and I like yes, I like what's are. I like what's happening lately with Standback. Standback, incredibly enough, scored in this game, and that was only his second touchdown of the year. Um, he's been persona non grata for a, the good first half, two thirds of the season, but really woke up in this game. Um, the last time Montreal faced Toronto. We lost by a couple of points. That was easily our best showing against any of these top three teams. So I I don't know. It may be foolish of me to be optimistic, but I am certainly not afraid of Hamilton as an Alouettes fan. And since both of these teams have clinched, we know we're getting them in the Eastern Conference uh first round game as well as in week twenty one get to close the year with these two teams that game might still be worth worth something uh that might still be significant at that point but it also might not because montreal has already taken two games from hamilton this year so we might not even need that game in the last week of the season so um i just gotta say as an alouettes fan i am not too afraid i'm not gonna go on a rant like coach phil but <laughs> I will say, I, I now, now,
1: now he is delaying his reaction to this game. Mm. For those that like to want to check him out on YouTube, he he's delaying that so he can be properly attired. So, <laughs> given that the show is probably going to come out sometime around then, probably a good idea to check that out. It'll be an interesting, an interesting twenty minutes of your life.
0: Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, probably more interesting than this game was. That's for sure.
1: I I wouldn't doubt that.
0: (laughs) So, as as we said at the top of the show, we've got four more weeks of Canadian football, two weeks with just three games in them each because of all the buys. Um, So, we need some reasons to watch this next week, Joe. Um, Here we've got Edmonton versus Toronto is the first game of the weekend. Now, again, Saskatchewan is the only prospective playoff team that hasn't clinched yet. All right, so Edmonton, I think, has already lost two out of the three this year to Saskatchewan. So they're going to lose on the tiebreaker.
1: Uh, So Edmonton's basically screwed if they lose or Saskatchewan wins any game coming Okay, so it's
0: a magic numbers one kind of situation.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. But the reason you watch Edmonton at Toronto, beyond the fact that it's a CFL game, that's reason number (laughs) one to watch any game. Number two, though, is, hey, you get to see Trey Ford continue to develop against a pretty darn tough defense that knows what they're doing.
0: This is going to be a crying shame if Edmonton, say, tie a Saskatchewan with a record or, um, you know, or or is actually in contention for that final playoff spot in the last week, given that rouge <laughs> against Saskatchewan. Or
1: not being able to get in from the one in week one.
0: <laughs> right, right. This is going to be a crying shame if that happens. Of course, in the game of what if, if they win either one of those games, maybe Trey Ford doesn't come in to play quarterback as soon as he did after getting off to that, what would have been a one and eight start rather than a nine starts. So, you know, the what if game, but I tell you, if Edmonton makes this close, a lot of people are going to be looking back on that, on that, you know, multi-rouge game Edmonton versus Saskatchewan early in the season uh wow that's going to be a costly error (laughs) if all is said and done so I don't know I I am almost wondering if Edmonton can pull off this upset here if Toronto is playing second string again I can't imagine that I can't imagine that they're going to let Chad Kelly sit the whole game again though
1: Probably not. They probably play him a half or we, we at this point on Sunday night, we don't have the plans in hand, mm-hmm. but I would assume that they would play him a fair amount over the last couple of weeks. Of the, they, they have four more games. They don't have a buy the rest of the year. Cause all right. their buys happen before Labor Day. Right. Cause scheduling, but um, yeah, they're, they're not going to sit Chad Kelly all four of those games, but I would say he probably sits a game and a half to two. Yeah just you gotta keep them fresh you also don't don't want them to take any unnecessary risks so mm-hmm. even even if we only see Kelly for a quarter or two I don't see Toronto having much trouble with Edmonton the challenge is on another level Edmonton's a different team now than they have been yes. earlier in the year I I still don't see that as a problem for Toronto
0: Wow, so no upset here, huh? Okay, so no. Toronto gets Edmonton at home, they get Ottawa at home, they get Saskatchewan in Regina, and they get Ottawa. They go to Ottawa for the last week the season. Can they really end this season 17 and 1?
1: Well, no, because they've lost two games now.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, 16 and 2. I'm sorry.
1: They could, although. Wow. Wow! If I'm Ryan Didwitty, and I'm not, because he's much smarter than I am, (laughs) but if I were, I'm leaving everybody I possibly can home from Regina. Mm. Don't even, you know, whatever I need to do, whatever whatever I can feasibly legally do to leave behind as much of my first string as possible, I'm doing. Because... Why go into a hostile environment just like this last past week? Hmm. Like, like, why put your best players at risk in a hostile environment when there's no need to? Hmm.
0: Hmm. Wow. Um <laughs> BC slash Winnipeg won't like that so much. Toronto essentially trying to roll over for Saskatchewan. They want and they the, want the riders <laughs> to have to work the rest of the way, I think.
1: I, so. Invite them in. They haven't been playing that well.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure they're 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 not too worried about them either. Uh, okay, so game two is the Winnipeg at BC game. Uh, basically, as Joe stated at earlier in the podcast, this is essentially for the West. What does? How can Winnipeg shut down this pretty hot BC offense?
1: Getting get Vernon Adams face that pass yeah. rush has got to wake up. Mm-hmm. If that pass rush is as dormant as it was against Toronto, Vernon's putting up 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know if he's out of the shotgun
0: the whole game, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: DeMaria <laughs> Houston's nicked up. We don't know what the extent to that is yet, but he's been, he's been the consistent playmaker on that de- defensive secondary. Evan Holman has been great too, but people are throwing away from him because he's been so good. Um, If you don't have Houston, you don't have your big playability, you're going to need to find it from your pass rush, and they've got to step it up. I know they can do it. I've been watching them do it for three, four, five years in a row at this point. I know what they can do when they're on. They just have to be on this game. If Vernon has all day, forget it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, this would be a great time for the Winnipeg defense to get aggressive, which they haven't been since the Saskatchewan games. Now here we've got in in the third game, we've got Hamilton at Saskatchewan. Now if Montreal can win at home against Ottawa and if Hamilton loses, that pretty much ices it for the Alouettes if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Also, Saskatchewan is Saskatchewan only needs the one more game to to clinch that final playoff spot. Not entirely,
1: because Calgary could theoretically win out, including a win over Saskatchewan. So right,
0: that's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Calgary
1: uh, given that Calgary is not playing this week, Saskatchewan can't clinch. Right. But they can go almost almost far enough to do so. With a win, mm-hmm.
0: okay, okay, and uh, Hamilton lost, Montreal wins, gives that third, uh, gives that second spot to Montreal, am I correct?
1: Uh, I, I would, yeah, if you're saying Montreal has beaten Hamilton twice and they yes. don't play four times, yeah, then you really should be okay on that front,
0: yeah, 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 okay, great, go, go, Owls. okay, so. Hamilton at Saskatchewan. Now Hamilton has been playing pretty decent ball lately. Uh again, especially against those lower tier teams. Do do they pull this one off? Do they stay competitive? With presumably Matt Schultz at quarterback.
1: Yeah, it'd be an interesting scenario because Matt Schultz stepped in and got offense going when Taylor Powell had an off game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know where that's going yet. It's too early yeah. to tell, but I could. I would imagine they put in Powell again. He's been running the team all for the majority of the season at this point. Why are you going with? Why would you go with a veteran that's you know what he is? Chills has been around the block some. You know he's a placeholder at this point. Mm-hmm. He can win you a few games, but if you're relying on him, you're probably not going to go very far. Whereas Taylor Powell has his whole career ahead of him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it'd be a great way to see if Taylor Powell can handle the heat going into Regina, hostile yeah. environment. Um, see see if he can bounce back from a really rough game the last time around. Thankfully, one that didn't cost you a loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If I'm um, Saskatchewan, I'm sending everything I've got at him, and I'm going okay. We're gonna, we're our fans are gonna be loud early on. We're gonna make you make plays to beat us. Come stop us and send blitzes left and right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until we know, until they know that Powell can handle him.
0: Okay, and then we've got uh, the final game of the weekend is Ottawa at Montreal, Joe what time is this game kicking off
1: so that is the monday game yeah for for canadian thanksgiving
0: right okay which
1: 70 percent of our listeners are go are looking are looking at the are looking at their devices right now going don't you just mean thanksgiving because that's where 70 of our listeners are from <laughs> canada so just to be clear we're telling the rest of the world that it's canadian thanksgiving not just not just reminding everybody else of that. Um, so it'd be a 12 noon start. So for you, what you're seven hours ahead of seven. well, 12 noon central. Yeah. 12 noon central, one o'clock eastern. You're what seven hours, eight hours ahead of or That's yeah, seven, seven hours
0: ahead of us. This game is kicking hey, off.
1: Prime it's, time for you. Good.
0: I there know go. it. This game is kicking off. CET 7 p.m. and I get off of work at 6 30. This is absolutely perfect. No more like staying up, uh, you know, until 1 30 to watch the fourth quarter of these games. And it's like, wow, all right, I am loving this. And Montreal gets one step closer uh, with a win here. Uh, basically, Hamilton just has to keep pace uh, the rest of the way with Montreal if they want any chance at all of, of getting that second spot. So and
1: given that we're and given what we've seen out of Ottawa lately, mm-hmm. I'm not worried for you.
0: Yeah, I mean that was the thing is that I was sweating it out a bit uh this week, going into the game last week. I was sweating it out because this is exactly the kind of game that Montreal would lose with Hamilton breathing right down our X. Uh but Again, Montreal has taken care of business against this lower tier of teams this year. And I was really struck by the fact that Crum was in this game last week really trying to do everything. You know, he had several turnovers himself. He was having to run or he felt like he was having to run with the ball more often than not on busted plays. Um So Ottawa, I almost feel like after really coming on for several weeks, they kind of regressed a little bit last week. Um, Really, the the offensive weapons disappeared for this team. So I'm liking Montreal all day in this one, literally during the day. (laughs) So great, great. Okay. So again, the impetus to watch these games, except for the favorable time is that they're CFL games? That's your argument, Joe.
1: Always is. <laughs> I I mean, I mean, the, if if you didn't if you didn't catch Montreal Ottawa in any way, shape, or form, you missed Canadian football at its finest. Yeah, right?
0: yeah, uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. That game. Uh, we'll see. I, I can't help thinking that Ottawa, if they can, is going to try and pull out some tricks for this game. Does not get a measure of revenge for that last game? Well,
1: where was it last week then?
0: But yeah, exactly.
1: Like they had a they had a hope, and yeah. they had a hope if they would have won last week, oh, but they yeah. didn't even show. No,
0: no, no. Tough to. Win we didn't even mentioned.
1: So we didn't even mentioned the punter kicking the ball out of the receipt returner's hands, did we? Right. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> This is what happens when we have time zone issues and I'm doing it late at night and he's doing it early in the morning. We're not quite on par for what we usually are. I'm sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you. I know that's a low bar. (laughs) I'm watching these games in the middle of the night, right? usually starting around 10 PM or I'm watching the first thing in the morning. And then on Sunday, you know, you have the NFL games. So, I wake up on these Monday mornings and it's all this blur of football in my head. I'm trying not to confuse, you know, Saskatchewan with the New York Jets or whatever and trying to get my story straight. So, yeah, I was uh, y'all are lucky I was able to pull this much out of my notes this week. Uh, Right. So, okay, so we've got four more weeks of CFL football. Uh, Should be some fun stuff, if not necessarily um, world-shaping games here. Although, again, we have one game per week, which still might be directly meaningful to the playoffs. Week 18, Winnipeg at BC. Uh, Week week 19 is Saskatchewan at Calgary, which could wrap it for Saskatchewan in any way. Uh, Week 20... Uh, I guess in week 20, we don't have too many earth-shattering games here. Saskatchewan may still be fighting for that final spot. And then in week 21, we'll have Hamilton at Montreal, which uh, may determine still that second spot, especially if Montreal collapses in the meantime, which I really hope they don't. Um, All right. So in any case, we're going to close the show here. Joe, you got any uh, final words of wisdom for us this week?
1: Well, if we're talking about playoff scenarios and all that sort of fun stuff that we really love to do, hey, every game this week has some sort of meaning toward the playoffs. Edmonton's still alive. They could become unalive by losing, so <laughs> that's important. I mean, we've covered Winnipeg, BC already. Hamilton, Saskatchewan, I mean, they're still fighting for seeds, and Saskatchewan's fighting to get in. And Ottawa, Montreal. Well, Montreal's trying to get a home game, so that's... That's in play. So, and Ottawa is trying to remain alive. So, mm. every team except for Toronto this week has something to play for.
0: Yeah, because so, Toronto, Toronto clinched with one third of the season remaining. So still, yeah. over Well, let's that. see
1: how let's see how many of these games left we can have with somebody has something that matters.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great for right. chaos. <laughs> Except right. for when
1: the bombers are playing, then root for the bombers. All right so, there, I, you go exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like this week. Good luck for your guys uh, at BC this week. Wow, that's good. I be think
1: a, they're gonna need a, it.
0: Yeah, heck of a game this week. That that's definitely the game of the week to be watching. I don't know. I'll be into Ottawa Montreal on regular Thanksgiving there in Canada. So uh, join us next week here on the Roosevelt White and Blue. My name is Oz Davis. For my partner, Joe Pritchard, we're out of here. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.